0: Five, four, three.
1: Morning. Welcome to Don't Be The Artist. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam.
2: And I'm Jackson. Hagen, do you think you could do uh, YYZ or YYZ with the air horn? Do mean, you it doesn't, it
1: doesn't change pitch, but I mean, no, uh, but we have it.
2: It. someone get less Claypool up in here. <laughs> fucking nailed that, dude. And yes, I did say Zed. I think it's fun saying things like Zed, and there are other things that people say across the pond that I think are just fun to throw in. Like <laughs> I like, in saying, instead of saying people getting drunk, I like saying people getting leathered. I think that's more fun.
3: Or schnackered.
2: No, I don't like that one.
3: You don't like that one? No. I think that's a little over our heads.
2: Yeah, we're a little too <laughs> schnackered
1: to understand <laughs> what that one means. <laughs>
2: Trying to think of other ones, but I think Zed is probably my favorite one. So I go with that one. Nope, not Gif. No, I like Gif. <laughs> Fuck you, y- I, I automatically assume since Dave said it, I wouldn't like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm a Gif is not the
3: one.
1: I'm a Gif guy. I'm a Gif guy right here. I'm a Gif guy. You're Come like at a me.
3: closeted GIF guy, though.
1: No, 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 no. It's not. I'm not a clo- I, an, I, I make it clear I'm a GIF guy, but it's not a hill that I will die on. I refuse. I will not die on that hill, and I will say GIF because it's easier than going. Ugh, fine. Like, whatever. The guy that
2: invented it says jiff.
1: Exactly. I don't want to have to. I'll do that sometimes depending on the person or the conversation. You know, if I just met you, the good chance I'll probably say, like, gif jiff or I'll just say jiff and just move on or I'll say. I mean, it could be. It just really depends. It just kind of depends on how I'm feeling that day.
2: That's a really abrasive way to meet somebody. You just walk up to them and say gif jiff. <laughs> <laughs> that almost seems worse than, uh picking us up. Hi,
3: my name's Hagen.
1: <laughs> That's
3: pretty it's, aggressive too.
1: Just my name is I aggressive don't think
3: so. Well, if we said your full name, I'm not trying to dock to you, but if we said your full name, then that would be a little bit aggressive.
2: Well, the problem we is full name, we wouldn't have to worry about time on this podcast because we would be <laughs> here for a whole fucking hour.
1: Well, I mean, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing is that you know, uh, if I say my full name, and if like if, if if like a German person hears that, they're gonna go, oh, he said it wrong. So it doesn't really matter how I say it. But here's the really cool thing is that when I is that when I get married, I'm gonna hyphenate. My fiance's last name. So my name will be even longer.
2: I was thinking about this. That this is a common thing that people are hyphenating last names. And here's my question. What happens to the generation after that? Is, let's say that this is a common thing, that this is just how it's done. Let's say, uh, Adam, do you, are you cool if I say your last name?
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's everywhere.
2: Okay, so my last name's Russo and yours is Selby. We get married. It's Russo Selby, and then our kid gets married, and let's say they marry someone named Smith. What do they do then? Is it Russo Selby Smith, or do they just like blend them together? What do they do? That's that's a fun little scenario, I think.
1: A lot of times they'll make like a middle name. Like they'll make one of those a middle name. That way it's easier. But I mean, if that trend continues, then we have hyphenated middle names, which yeah. Then your family
3: tree is like you know, in your full name.
1: Well, I mean, it's basically like my family was ahead of the curb, and so now everyone's trying to catch up to have, make sure you have four names in your name, and and, you know, now I'm just ahead of even further, I'll have five names, and and we'll just keep that going.
0: I was gonna say, you're trying to stay ahead of everybody.
1: You're finally gonna have a middle name. I already have, I have two middle names. What do you want from me?
2: (laughs) Uh, I was making
3: the joke that uh, when he gets his hyphenated last name, it's a your, your soon-to-be wife's last name, she's part Hispanic? Yes. Yeah, so it's a Hispanic last name. And if you say Hagen's full name, it kind of sounds like Hitler trying to order from Taco Bell.
1: Oof. <laughs> <laughs> the, also, Jeez. the, 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 frequent, the <laughs> frequent joke that uh, that uh, one of our old guests, uh, Richard Haskins, used to make uh, was that you can't yell my name in an airport. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think wait so think, can we back up real quick yeah. hagen how many names do you have four
1: i have four yeah yeah
2: so you have no middle name because there is nothing so you can't have, have
1: a, 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 somebody works in the at the calculator store if i'm if i'm asked if i'm asked for my middle name legally it's hans hagen hans hagen my middle name All is right. two Just, names and
2: what's your mother's maiden name the you know, your first <laughs> elementary school street you grew up on well you guys have those questions too <laughs> I venture to guess that this is going to be the most mansplaining this show is ever gonna get does anybody else second
1: that it's high up there on the list of things we could mansplain for sure I'm trying
2: to think of any other episode that we've had that could be higher than this but What we're here to talk about is lossless audio, audio files, being an audio file that is, not audiophilia. I'm not really sure where I am. Someone please help me get out of this. I was going to
0: say, we are going to talk about audio files, like the digital files at some point too, in the context of what lossless audio means. So we'll get there.
3: But the first bit of mansplaining could be, I guess, what is lossless audio? So I wrote down a definition of it audio files consist of two components sound and silence lossless formats are capable of compressing the silence to almost zero space and by doing this it maintains all of the sound data thus making them smaller than uncompressed files lossless formats use compression algorithms that preserve audio quality meaning the audio is exactly the same as the original in comparison there are lossy audio formats such as AAC-MP3WMA, which compress audio using algorithms that discard data. In simple words, when the actual original music is compressed, many detailed sounds are being lost in the process of compressing, so the file is smaller and we can listen to it anywhere on any device. But lossless music, or high-fidelity music as it's sometimes referred to, on the other hand, has fully detailed and richer sound, uh, which makes for an amazing experience
1: so why why are we talking about
3: lossless audio today adam
0: um apple and amazon and i guess spotify to some extent have announced that they're adding lossless streaming to their services um, which just means higher audio quality for most people
1: there's an interesting thing here which i and and i'll just go ahead and get this out of the way early which is that um you know if you're an audiophile i think more power to you but every time that i Come across this whole issue. It's you know you have like you said, Dave, the richer audio, and mm-hmm. you have you know the you can hear things you couldn't hear before, right? Uh, I think that the the issue I'm going to come across every single time is um, I think that a lot of people, even audiophiles, aren't particularly the best listeners. Now that's an, I I I don't want to like really like I don't want to come at audiophiles by saying that. And, and I come, that, that statement comes from a pretentious angle, which is the music school angle, which is like we were literally taught how to be listeners and how to listen to music. So when someone who doesn't really know like what they're like, like, you know, you can enjoy a much richer experience. That's totally fine. But I'm still always confused as to like, what are you actually hearing? What difference is there that you're hearing that, that I don't, I mean, I, I must not be getting it right. I'm missing something in this whole equation, you know?
3: Well, they, there was this time where I think a couple of years back where Neil Young was trying to get everyone to invest in this uh, music player. that was called like the Sonos or something.
2: No, it was called like uh, the Ponyo or something like that. Yeah,
3: yeah whatever it was. He, w- he made the comparison that um, MP3 files and you know the, the lesser quality files are equivalent to listening to music underwater. And then when you get to lossless files, it's like finally coming up out of the water and being in the air. So that was the comparison. I, I would I would venture to say that it kind of you get a wider frequency range, but up to a certain point, we can't hear certain frequencies anyway.
1: And 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 then I mean, I, I, like it really depends on what you're listening. Like, well, how are you listening to it, right? Are you are you gonna get the lossless audio off Spotify and then listen to it on your iPhone speakers? That's not really gonna make that much of a difference. But I mean, like, there is also the points be made that it's like if we if we find the comparison between You know, an MP3 on Spotify now compared to like a really high fidelity music file, and we find a way to compare it to certain levels of how we watch movies and television, then I'm sure that it would make some sense, and it would, you know, there. But it's just there's there's always that layer that I'm just I'm just always going to be questioning.
0: I mean, the the core thing to keep in mind though is that we're going from very compressed MP3s from streaming services. Basically, back to what CDs had and what CDs offered in terms of audio quality, which is definitely a thing you can notice at that level. Uh, Whether or not you can tell anything above that is, you know, up for a lot of debate. Obviously, a lot of people think that they can tell because they spend, you know, a small fortune on speakers and audio cables and all that kind of stuff to go along with this, you know,
2: hobby. What's really funny about this is that, as Adam was saying, so Apple Music, they're starting at. CD quality, which is, sorry to use numbers, but 16 bit at 44.1 kilohertz, and we'll go all the way up to 24 bit at 48 kilohertz, which is higher than CD quality, as you can probably make that assumption. But what's really funny is if you were to talk to somebody who's an audiophile and is super into vinyl and WAV and FLAC files, if you were to hand them a CD, they're not going to call that lossless audio so it's a bit of a perspective thing i guess
0: but well, technically lossless compression doesn't exist i mean it's all being compressed and some pieces are being lost in theory but the idea is to have the compression throw out the least amount of something in a lossless format where you can theoretically produce it again like bit by
3: bit right like the um the the definition that was mentioned before is compressing the silence and, and not the sound
2: yeah and I, there was a point so I, I collect vinyl but I'm not like a I wouldn't call myself an audiophile i really my argument for vinyl is not necessarily for the I want this higher quality sounding record what I want is the ritual of hey if I put this down I'm already mentally saying, I'm going to listen to this album, or at least half this album, because to put it down, the needle down, and just listen to one song, really, it just feels like a waste of time when I could just pull it up on Bluetooth. So for me, I don't really feel that. But on the flip side of that argument, some of the being in a studio and recording my own music and listening to that on studio monitors is some of the best way I have ever listen to music and i understand that not everyone's going to do that and i wouldn't even i have studio monitors not like super fancy ones but i'm not going to break those out every single time i want to listen to a song
3: right the other thing is with all these streaming platforms going to lossless audio and simultaneously the big push for using bluetooth headphones take apple's new the headphones that they release the cans that they can't bluetooth can't handle high quality lossless audio it has to be a kind of
0: kind of it that's where it gets messy with what's the definition of lossless audio because if you go back to cd quality technically bluetooth can handle that but not right now but like in theory it can but then that other step above that which apple was calling i think hi-fi lossless or something like that Mm -hmm. that's yeah impossible to do over any wireless anything um, you know short of like Wi-Fi which is not going to work on headphones because your you know battery's going to last 10 minutes.
2: Yeah I always find it really funny whenever there's these people who have really nice record players and really nice vinyl collections and these people who are boasting about oh yeah no it's just the superior way of listening to music and then they have their record player set up to like Bluetooth wireless speakers all across their house. <laughs> right. And that's not wrong to listen to that way. But when you're boasting to me about that, it's like, well, shouldn't you have, you know, like true vintage, like tube amplifiers hooked up to this to get that true audio. It just, it, it feels weird. But then once again, that gets back to the, I don't think, I, I don't understand why there's this, you know, Oh, this is the way to listen to music because right now I'm doing a, the free subscription to title, which is, is, I guess, I don't know if they're the first, but they're the big name that has been doing this uh, high resolution music uncompressed for a while. And to be honest, I can't tell at all. And to be also to you know, dovetail on that, whenever I'm listening to Tidal, I'm listening to it in my car with, you know, whatever mobile headphones I have, I'm not hooking it up to the nicest speakers. So I wouldn't be able to tell. So it really just feels like a way to say you're spending more money on music when we're talking about paying for title or something like that. And that being said, if they pay more out to the artists, more power to you. But I don't think that's why most people use title.
3: You know, the only time I've really been able to hear the difference is, you know, if I have a record that I'm familiar with via MP3 or on Spotify, and then if I get to hear it on vinyl, like Hagen has a pretty good setup. You have some like old ass, heavy ass speakers, which does make a difference. They're hardwired into your record player. I can hear a difference in these records if I'm familiar with them. But again, Jackson, like you said, in the car, it wouldn't make it. You're not going to hear the difference.
0: Right. if you are, it's going to be like marginal at best. It's not going to dramatically improve your listening experience just because it's CD quality now instead of you know slightly more compressed.
3: I mean, m- maybe if you're driving like a Tesla or something, but Teslas I don't think have CD players.
2: <laughs> you're not going to hear a new instrument, which is what people think that they're going to hear.
1: But right. they don't even. Yeah, but the the thing is, is that this this takes me back to like to the whole original thing that I said, which is you know like. Uh, what are you like what are you listening for that you're gonna hear now that you didn't hear before, right? Okay so so let me let me let me uh, get back on my my uh, I went to music school high horse and uh, let me ask Dave, you let's say um, you hear um, in your honor by the Foo Fighters on vinyl. What do you think you're gonna notice differently than you did on Spotify? What's like what what are you listening for, I guess?
3: The big thing I'm listening for is like separation. And what that what what I mean by that is like being able to hear where the drums were placed, being able to hear where the mixing was placed, you know, the panning, or maybe if they recorded it live, like a Rage Against the Machine record, what it sounded like in the room more than on an MP three file. So in you know, listening to vinyl in a quiet setting where it's not, you can just focus on it. I feel like I can hear things like the tone of the bass more. I can hear the tone of the kick drum more, but I'm also very accustomed to what those things sound like being a musician.
1: Yeah. So there, there's that level. I think, I think that most of the time for me, I end up like hearing, Oh, I hear that bass line more clearly or, Oh, I hear, uh, you know, Oh, I never noticed that, um, you know, there's another guitar here. I never noticed that sort of thing, but it's like never something that's like, you know, it's something that I guess, not to say that not everybody can listen for, but it's just such a strange, like, thing where I, I feel as though most people don't really know what they're listening for. It does sound better, but it's a it's it's very strange. And also, here's the other important thing to, to note, which I guess is a vinyl thing and less of a uh, lossless audio thing. But a lot of, like, records aren't mastered, mixed and mastered for vinyl. Uh, right. That's, yeah, that's are, another huge yeah, that, thing.
0: That's a big thing if it is. It sounds, can sound dramatically different from what you might be used to.
1: Yeah. Some, some, some are, uh, and, and you can tell that difference, but there's, I mean, like, I mean, I I have a lot of metal vinyl and there's some that's just like, I mean, if they, if they change anything here, they boosted bass and that's it. That's That's it. I mean, like you can't, I mean, it's all, it's so much of that is just insanely done digitally and you can't really like, you're not going to get a different feel across the board if it's like a massive digital record, you know?
3: You'll notice a difference if it's recorded to tape and it's acoustic instruments, not not MIDI is what I mean. And then from there, it's mastered and mixed for vinyl from tape and then sent to vinyl. That's where I think it's the clearest way to hear what was in the room or what the room sounded like.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I've been asked every time I send off music after being mixed to someone to have it mastered they specifically ask how is this being released is this only digital is there going to be a physical release if so is it going to vinyl because if it's vinyl and streaming we should probably do two different masters if your budget allows so it's not something that generally is just like a oh it just so happened to be mastered for vinyl because we did x y and z it's it's very much it's it's a decision
3: Yeah, I mean, there are some records that I know were recorded to tape. Uh, For an example, just because it's funny for me to say this, the last Dawes record, I know for a fact, was recorded to tape and mixed for vinyl. So if you listen to the MP3 file of it or listen to it from Spotify and headphones, you can hear the tape hiss, the natural hiss that comes through recording from tape. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I know to listen for that, and I can hear it. But like... If you're listening to any edm music or i would venture to say a lot of metal music now that can be played to a grid or manipulated via midi then there's no reason to put that on vinyl and even actually a lot of the electronic setups would be through a headphone amplifier with lossless audio i don't think digital stuff is going to make a difference
1: yeah i mean again this is like so uh, i'll i'll go back to what jackson said with you know, putting on a record for just, like, uh, I'm going to sit down and listen to this is part of the, the, the beauty of vinyl. So uh, getting getting metal or EDM records uh, is is a thing where, like, it's cool. You know, you get, you get to support the band in a really good way, and you get to still listen to it. And, like, a, like a, you know, you get to sit down and actually sit down and listen to this record, not just throw it on Spotify or whatever you're using. Uh, and then on, like, the band's perspective, it's like, we're not doing a massive vinyl mix and master of this record but we know people are gonna buy it, and so let's put it out, and we're gonna make money off of it. But I think that uh, I I think I have to I have to I have to turn myself back a little bit because I'm I feel I feel like I'm really negative right now. So uh, I'm gonna turn myself back, and I I want to ask each one of you if there's a time that you can think of where you heard uh, a, a record that you maybe heard before previously, or maybe it was the first time that you like really just like felt a massive difference on vinyl or through some other system that wasn't streaming. Is there a moment that you can think of you heard, uh, let's go with the records you know, but where you heard it and you were just like, holy shit, I get it. I fucking understand.
2: I'll start by what I've already said is my own music. And it sounds, you know, incestuous, but it, it truly is whenever I'm working on my own music with someone who's mixing it and I hear it, it is such a different experience to when, I am playing it on the car on the way home after those mixes. Both are valuable, but I've got to say, whenever I think of my music, I'm thinking of the stuff that I heard in the studio because it just sounds so much more well rounded. It hasn't been compressed at all. It is just, it is all there, everything I've heard. But by the time we get to the end of it, I'm not unhappy with it, but it is definitely different. And I, I can explain it later what like these. Uh, you can see these file formats and what a compressed audio looks like compared to a non-compressed audio, but really my own music.
3: Uh, for me, it was hearing... My my brother, my brother, older brother brought home a record player one year for Christmas, and we were all meeting at my family's place, and he and I were sitting down and having a couple of drinks and listening to vinyl. He's like, let's go listen to vinyl. And then the first thing he did was put on In Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should mention that. And... I remember listening to it and thinking like, oh man, there, there, I felt like there was a lot more that I was missing, but not in terms of frequencies. Just again, separation, being able to hear the spectra. It's like a wider spectrum of panning, which, you know, for people who might not know mansplaining, here we go. Panning is when you record something, you can have everything be down the center so that it's, it's essentially mono mixed in stereo it means that you can put things a little more to the right ear and and a little more to the left ear and it creates separation sometimes in compressed formats you lose some of that and it's not it feels more squished
1: yeah you can actually feel drummer's perspective when you listen to right so you
3: can tell like oh they recorded it from the drummer's perspective or they they sorry they mixed it from the drummer's perspective or they mixed it from the audience perspective
0: yeah there's a there's a good episode of a podcast i think from all songs considered i'll put it in the show notes about when they remixed the sergeant peppers album with um, giles martin the son of the guy who was the original you know recording engineer for the beatles and he kind of does a really good job of explaining why you want that separation of stereo and why that matters and in an album with like you know a lot of things going on like this album even if you don't like it it's a good example of um how that like process works and what what goes into that?
3: You know what's crazy too is uh, stereo didn't didn't happen like didn't come into regular play until 1957. So it was only 64 years ago that we've since we've had stereo recordings.
2: <laughs> well, even though it came in in 1957, it took a while for it to become mainstream. I forget which Cream album it is, but there's a Cream album where it's very obvious that the audio engineer or maybe it was the band they were playing with uh like oh what can we do with stereo so the drums are all the way in the left ear and they're just messing with it and it you know it sounds like somebody who's just fucking with it but that whole idea of wow this is truly you know cave paintings of stereo audio of just like wow they were figuring it out and it's pretty cool that we can see that Hagen do you have an example of
1: a you know record or song or whatever that you could tell the difference um i can't think of like the first time it happened but i mean the most prominent times have been with uh with uh wasting light um by the Foo fighters that's probably like one of the ones that sticks out with me uh a ton is just like i mean that that album is huge no matter how you listen to it but putting it on vinyl was just i mean it, it it was like a game changer it's a it's it just just changed the way that that album should be it, it's it's almost like it's almost like you hear intention of like oh this is how they want it to be heard but at the same time like I hate saying that because it's like oh man like you're it's like limiting the way that music can be heard but it is it, it yeah. is it is it is a really amazing thing to hear and and on a similar spectrum um hearing uh, songs for the dead queens of the stone age that that was like a, a huge one too so
3: you know it it's funny th- that you mentioned uh the way it should be heard because now you have a lot of people who like say in these instagram musicians they're mixing their instagram clips so that they'll sound good from a phone speaker yeah and we're having to deal with things like that
0: yeah along with your mentions of the you know foo fighters and queens of the stone age albums them crooked vultures is one that stands out to me as one of the first albums i got when i got my turntable and you can definitely tell there's it's different like it's it's hard to you know explain it obviously like we were talking about but it's just it's mastered for the format so something comes across differently especially if you have nice speakers which you know i luckily have but
1: just, just hearing like, so, like, just like in in the first song alone of that Crooked Vultures record, "No One Loves Me, Neither Do I," like that song. There's so many moments in it, and I can't remember what instrument it is that John Paul Jones is even playing. But like, actually getting to hear that instrument in that song is just like, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely mind blowing. But I mean, to go back to what you're saying too, Dave, about like iPhone speakers intention is that like, so um, whenever I get mixes or masters even back from a session I was on. Uh, I listen to it first on my iPhone speakers before I go to anything nice because, um, you know, what, what are the chances that someone else does the same thing that I do? And uh, I wake up and I turn over and I open my phone and I go, Oh, so-and-so put out a new out, put out a new song. And I just press play first thing in the morning. That's on my iPhone speakers.
3: No headphones. Yeah, just nothing.
1: That's it. What are the chances that other people do that? What are the chances that other people just just like, you know, before they want to like buy their friend's music or buy anyone's music or give it a real shot, they just like press play real quick on Spotify and go, what do I like this? You know?
0: Right. What are the chances people just listen to music that way too? I think we would all be surprised, but that's not an uncommon thing, which is why Apple and other companies who make smartphones have put such a focus on making speakers be as good as they are in these, you know, little tiny phones.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's unbelievable when you think about the, even though it's not as high quality as like you know, some really nice speakers, the, the sound that we get from our phones these days is really quite something. Yeah. But, you know, that's the process. When we were doing those from home videos with Monica over the quarantine, the, I, I think I mixed one song. There was one song I mixed and I took that thing to my phone, to my car. Then I put headphones in. Then I put a different, I put my wife's headphones on. Like as many different ways as I could listen to it. And it was just torturous.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's and that, that's the thing of it's like like I mean I I go back to, you know, ev- again, if I'm on a recording session and I get the mixes back, I listen to it on my phone and then if there's speakers around I'll do that and then if I think about it I'll put it on in the car, but I mean there's something there's something about like, you know, not to go too deep into like the recording and listening aspect of that is that like I mean it, it is it is it is exhausting. It is like you you sit there and obsess over these tiny little things and um that's why I like just trying to not obsess over recording stuff and just kind of letting it go. Um, but that's—I I think that that can even be related to this, which is just like, you know, it's cool to have the best audio quality. But I mean, I also think that listening to music and making it accessible is a really important thing that we've gotten to at this point in time. And so, to—I uh, mean, it's really great that that streaming services are trying to increase all of these these qualities. But I mean, these are what what. Correct me if I'm wrong, but these are new payment plans, yeah, so you have to is, do you pay more money for this stuff, or is it not?
0: Not on Apple or Amazon at
1: least, okay. um,
0: which was kind of part of the like, story about that is they just basically upgraded things in place, whereas the rumor has been Spotify was going to charge an extra 10 dollars a month for this. So now they suddenly can't okay. do that.
3: Spotify was thinking about coming out with something called Hi-Fi, Spotify, HiFi which they were planning, I think back in February, planning to release that and charge for it. And then they backed off because they probably heard about Apple doing that. They'll most likely release something like the one that Apple's doing. And just if you have a subscription to Spotify, you get that. You get access to that. But, you know, that I I, I can appreciate hearing stuff in higher quality, especially, hey, you'll probably agree with this, as as a bass player and when we're mixing things and trying to get the separation between the kick drum and the bass drum or even being able to hear... The accents on a snare drum, like the ghost notes that you're playing, if it's not mixed properly, a lot of the work that musicians put into their parts gets kind of thrown out the thrown out the window if it's a low quality format. So I can appreciate that, but yeah, I'm much the same. I'm not gonna obsess over it. Adam, as a kind of I guess you'd say a non musician, you don't you're not right. like a gigging musician, what do you hear when you listen to say an MP3 file versus a vinyl? I
0: mean, I think that mostly goes back to things being mastered for the format and being able to, like, take advantage of the, I guess, for like a better word, like space that that format can offer. Um, I mean, I do have, like I said, nice, you know, speakers and headphones and stuff that help with that. Um, but I definitely, you know, if something is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm weird and don't use a streaming service, and so I have, you know, downloaded MP3s and stuff, and I prefer to have those in a higher format, you know, or higher quality format, just because I might be able to hear a difference. Uh, I can't really say, you know, definitively. Ha- definitively have, but um, that's one of those things that I figure, why not? Um, the co- cost of like storage is cheap. It doesn't really matter to to have those copies there if I can, which I think is probably part of like Apple and Amazon's logic with just upgrading everybody to this. Is that at this point it's not a, you know, it's trivial to like stream these really high quality formats to people for the same experience they've been getting so why not do it.
3: I think yeah, for me the the most clear example I have is in thinking about it since Hagan asked that question is I heard uh Miles Davis's Kind of Blue first on like not good MP3 quality and I fell in love with it then. And then I remember hearing it when I heard it on CD and I was like, "Oh, this is great. Yeah, this this is super cool." And then I heard it like actually the first thing i ever heard in lossless audio i think was a FLAC file was was that record and i was like oh my god because i was in very familiar with it i was in jazz school uh very my ears were very tuned to what was going on already and i have a lot of experience hearing all those instruments in person so i could appreciate that but you know much like adam was saying i I, and and hagan you were saying the same thing if you're not a musician if you don't have your ears tuned to that, not that only musicians can appreciate this medium, you might be wasting your money.
2: Well, here's the thing to think about is when people are getting into vinyl, which is typically people who are audiophiles, that's their gateway drug is vinyl. So when they're getting into vinyl, what typically happens, this happened for me, I'm sure it was the same for Adam, but you don't immediately start You know go buying phoebe bridger's albums you're buying the albums you know you already have invested in and that you know you're going to sit down and listen to so the first records i ever got were daft punk's discovery jeff buckley's grace and rainbows by radiohead so these are albums i knew i could just sit down and just listen to so you gain this appreciation of like you can tell the difference and you can hear oh wow i know this record so well and it just a whole depth of field just like opened up for me. So maybe what happens is you cultivate that idea that, okay, I can hear this difference. And then when you get to that point where all the new albums you're going to buy. So a new Phoebe Bridgers album comes out and then I buy it. I'm automatically trained to say, oh, well I can hear the difference. And for these people, maybe it's hard to really turn that off. And that's me just being the devil's advocate for them.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, if we were to define what an audiophile is, um, for me I think of someone with a really nice pair of headphones to start and then a really nice headphone amplifier which, you know, a tube a tube head amplifier or whatever. What am I trying to say? <laughs> amplifier, ampliphone fire. Uh, right, you mean not and just then- like a like
0: digital to analog amp. Like that's you know something simple. Like I mean, I have a headphone amp, but it doesn't do anything other than convert that into analog. It's not right. So a is that thing. called
3: a? Is that called a DAC? Yeah, it's
0: just a yeah digital to analog converter at that point. Right. But there are very very expensive like tube amps you can go get for headphones that you know cost hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars depending on how crazy you go with it. That's what you're talking
3: yeah, about. Yeah. Exactly. So at that point, I think it's 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 an obsession and. Uh, I'd be curious to to hear that kind of thing. I've I've never come into contact with that. But one thing that I, I watched uh, Rick Beato talked about all of this whole thing years ago, I think three years ago, if you don't know Rick Beato. He's a great YouTuber. He's a great guitar player and instructor, a music instructor. But he was talking about how most people who want to listen to these records, they tend to gravitate towards the classic records, your dark side of the moon, the you know records of that nature and they were mixed by people a lot of the time who were over the age of 50 over the age of 60 these people who are mixing these records as you get older you lose the range of sound you can hear uh, my favorite example that has happened to me recently I was at a rehearsal where i'm 32 and i was the youngest person in the room one of the guitars started feeding back and i was the only one that was bothered by the sound And I stopped the band and I was like, can you guys hear that? And the next closest person in age to me was like, yeah, I can hear that. But nobody else could. So these people who are older are mixing these legendary records and they can't even hear the frequencies that some of these audiophiles are looking for. So what do you what do you what do you want? And do you really mean what you say when you can hear a difference?
1: Well, I I think that's such an interesting thing too, because like, I mean, you've mentioned frequency a couple of times now, just like this higher range of frequency. And it's always like, it's always so strange to me because I don't think anyone actually understands like what that could potentially mean. Like, 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 can, 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 can anyone really explain who's an audiophile? I'm sure someone can, but like, what does that, like what higher range of frequency you're looking for and what does that do to your music? And then to go back to, 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 to your point is I think that, you know, the age plays a big part. I'm sure there's a certain point where, uh, like, certain levels of technology might play a part, and what frequencies are available. Uh, microphones. I'm sure that's a really big, a really big player in all of this, right? What microphones were used? Um, I mean, it's like the the layers and layers of what is actually like could potentially be heard, and then what is being heard is like there's there, there's so much uh, in between that's not being filled in, right? And it, 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 it it confuses me greatly. And I think, you know, I think Adam, you put it really well when you said that, uh, you know, uh, Apple and Amazon's probably doing this because it's like, you know, it doesn't make that, it's not hard for them to do it, you know, but there's a part of me that wonders if they're doing this to try to get audio files onto streaming services because audio files hate streaming services. They don't use them. Right. I mean, that might be, that might
0: be part of the story, but I think the other thing is that you lose control of your library, which is definitely an audiophile thing, too. Like, I, I wouldn't say I'm an audiophile, but I have my library that I don't want to just, you know, throw my hands up and go, well, Apple, I'll let you take care of it, because I've tried that, and then an album that I know I had a copy of disappeared. That's not a thing they're going to be cool with, I think. But right. maybe that's part of the angle, is is doing that first half of that, where Apple will improve the audio quality enough to where somebody might try it, and maybe the, the library problems are not a thing anymore which could be the case because this was like years ago when i first tried that and had that happen where i said no i'm good
3: yeah it'd be strange to me if they were trying to target that audience because it's such a niche audience i don't know anybody who's who i could legitimately say is an audiophile
2: yeah i don't think i do either i will say while we're on it the when we're talking about the frequencies earlier when i was mentioning you know the waveform when you look at just an audio, and you can look up pictures of this, maybe we'll be able to put them in, but a compressed audio, if you were to, you know, take, you know, a Justin Bieber song, or any pop artist right now, Dua Lipa, what you're going to end up seeing is this completely, it's going to look like just a long rectangle. It's going to look like a black rectangle, which that's a sign that, hey, it's super compressed, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's kind of what People are talking about audio files, and then when you're talking about this lossless audio, typically what you'll see—not all the times—but typically what you'll see is like a an audio file that you're used to seeing that's like a sine wave, and it'll have these uh, you know humps. It'll look like a bunch of mountains. There might be peaks and stuff like that. And so the old joke is that oh you know curves are sexy. So. <laughs> If you look at uh, Beck's morning phase, Uncompressed, it still has those humps, which is one of the big things about the production of that album is that even in its natural state on streaming services, it still has that incredible warmth to it.
3: Right, and the, the, that thing that Neil Young was trying to re- get everybody to buy, Beck was Beck's band, were, they were talking about that record specifically and saying like, the, when we heard it in the studio, it was this dynamic, beautiful thing. And then when we hear it on like a compressed file, it just gets all the vintage gear that they used and the tape that they recorded it to and what they fought for just gets washed away. And they were pretty frustrated about that.
1: A lot of that stuff though is, is, uh, like dynamics, volume level. A lot of that is how, how things are played. Um, and, I, I think that I would dare make the argument that I don't I, – I, I listeners, I don't think, want that. I don't, I think listeners don't really want to fully experience when something is brought down to a certain level by a player. I mean, you get that in the live experience, but uh, I, I, I think – I mean, I've been approached by people mixing songs. I've been on there they're like, you played this part quieter. Do you want me to fix that? And I'm like, huh? No, I did that on purpose. And they're like, but – what you played it quiet we can fix that though uh, there's that there's that uh uh mixing technique that I use on drums all the time that i always forget what it's called but it's it's basically just leveling out every snare hit so it always sounds exactly the same uh and it's it's is not it it, automation no no it's not automation it's not like replacing the snare but it's basically making it so every single snare hit the di- like the volume level is exactly the same and it's not automation oh, okay. it's something else but um uh it, it's it's the thing that I think I don't think that people actually understand what they're like what they're looking for here like uh when, when you want these dynamics you're gonna ex- I mean it kind of is like a live show experience and you're getting the musicians I mean in a lot of cases playing the more raw form of something um and from a musician standpoint like in 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 Beck's band's case when they got to hear it it's like holy shit this is amazing we get to hear all of our stuff back to us Uh, but I think a lot of listeners, one, are not going to appreciate the vintage gear, are not going to give a shit about like, you know, what mic it was. And they're definitely not going to care about something like, I mean, how, how many records or songs have you guys listened to where it starts off quiet? And you're like, what is this? Is this, is this on? Is this, is this song even (laughs) on right now? (laughs) What's the the first song on, um... Uh, concrete Concrete gold gold? yeah it's like dude what is this
3: (laughs) i was listening i i that record came out when i got home from a gig and i was laying in bed it was dark i had my in ears in and i put it on and t-shirt comes on and i was like oh okay this is like a foo fighters ballad and then it goes it gets massive and my entire body got shocked and went numb i'm sure i've said that on the show before but like i was like man where's the compression so essentially compression would have Fix that problem. Or I mentioned the Kind of Blue record, Miles Davis' Kind of Blue. The track that I'm thinking of in particular is a song called Blue and Green. It's the third track on the record, if people want to hear this. Uh, Back at that time, when they they didn't have... Well, maybe they did have multi-track, but a lot of the times when they recorded those jazz records, it was they put the drums at the back of the room, they would put the piano and bass next to each other, and then the horn players would be standing closest to the microphone. So if it was one microphone, that way the drums wouldn't blow everything away, right? But Miles Davis, on this ballad of a song, when he comes in with his note, it's just screaming. And it, like, it, don't put it in headphones loud because you'll blow your ears out. The drummer's playing with brushes. It's a nice ballad feel. And then just Miles Davis comes in like, Wah! like screaming. And the first time I heard it in the lossless audio, I was like, oh my God. I had to, like, rip the headphones off because it was uncompressed.
1: Yeah. It's it, it's a very, it's a very, and like, don't, we have a friend who listened to that Foo Fighters record, yeah, and they they knew that, the, the, that Foo Fighters a lot of times mix stuff quieter, so they like blasted their speakers, and then when the rest of the song came in, it was like, and they had to like immediately, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and again, this is something that I don't necessarily think, I mean, like, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that music, that like recordings do this, but I don't think the average listener wants this. I don't think the average listener wants these like ranges of things. Now, again, that's not what like, that's not what Loss's Audio is necessarily offering, but I mean, you're you're getting closer to these kind of um, these, these these sexy curves. You the know?
3: dynamic range. Think about like in like, a movie when it's specifically quiet, and then something happens where it's just like, and then it, you're like, that's what scares
1: you. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you're getting closer to being able to do that on a wider
0: range, maybe. Like that example from the Foo Fighters song, like that could theoretically happen in other songs more often maybe because of lossless, and that might become more of a thing, which again, I don't Mm -hmm. think people expect, like you mentioned. Like that's not a thing people are expecting when they put a record on or even just hit play on Spotify. They're not expecting to hear that all of a sudden
1: after it starts out quiet. And maybe it's a thing that people are going to like, but I mean from the perspective of like what is popular, I'm going to go ahead and say no.
2: I don't know why it's this way, but the way I've always seen lossless audio and just audio files and all of this stuff and explaining it to people, for some reason, movies are more mainstream than music, in my opinion. So if you were to watch a Marvel movie, it may look amazing, but there is kind of a dulling of the senses just because it is digitized and it is this massive machine compared to if you were watching an A24 film's you know, something like that is typically a lot more. They're they're coloring with a uh, bigger palette. I mean, a great example is that movie Mandy, and Adam loves that movie. And that movie, even if you don't like the subject matter of it, is a visual spectacle. That or Blade Runner 2049 would be a good example of what I would say is the lossless audio.
1: Well, and I remember when those moved, when, when Blade Runner came out specifically, and I remember everyone I'm, I'm sure, including you two who, who like basically said, you shouldn't see this. You shouldn't watch this at home. You should see this in a the theater. You watching it at home is pointless.
0: I would say you, you can, but you have to watch it, you know, with the right settings on your TV, which is a big problem with that whole like aspect of it for video is that most TVs are aimed around just, you know, being able to, see things look fine enough for most people, right? But you have a higher dynamic range you're dealing with at that point with the video for Blade Runner, for example, where, you know, you need the black on your TV to actually be black, not like a, you know, that's a light gray that looks fine for most things. And that just kind of goes back to, like, with lossless audio, you just have more room to to play with that, like, spectrum of audio to a degree. I don't know if that's going to actually happen in reality with Amazon and Apple offering this, but it could.
2: I've seen Blade Runner 2049 three times, twice in the theaters, once at Adam's house, because I know he has sat there and possibly even sat there with the settings before we started the film just for that movie.
3: I tried. And what was the Tarantino movie? There was a Tarantino movie where he filmed it in some crazy thing where it was like, if you don't see it in theaters, you're essentially not seeing what he meant. Was
1: that that Hateful Eight?
3: I guess high frame rate, probably. Yeah, something like that. Some kind of film.
0: I mean, he I he know. also does like 70 millimeter film, which just means like it's, you know, bigger film than what you would normally film on. And that's I mean, some of that's like, yeah, you can't tell in a theater, but also you you definitely can tell on a TV, too. He's just wants you to go to his theater in Hollywood.
1: Now, now to 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 flip this around, right? You have to see a movie in theaters because of the way it looks. When's the last time you heard someone say you got to listen to this album on vinyl, right? I'm sure that we've said that to each other because we listen to al- albums on vinyl, right? But when's the last time you heard like just uh, just your average person just just say like, oh, you know, Cohib uh, put out a new record, you have to hear this on vinyl, dude, you know?
3: Well, and in, in increasingly more and more with this younger generation where they you know n- no fault of their own largely grew up with electronic music and digital music and that's music true. that was meant not for listening to but for atmosphere and to propel a, a you know a workout or a party or lo-fi beats music. to study to that's it exactly yeah so yeah it's 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 a strange time for apple and all these streaming platforms to be maybe they're not maybe it's not as popular as it is for us because we're like ooh everyone's getting what Spotify gonna do now that Apple's doing it for free? And is Title screwed because they sold the company to Square? I mean, the the other interesting thing too
0: with the business side of it is it seems likely to me that Apple and Amazon are both introducing this because they're gonna come out with higher end speakers, and now they can sell you a very expensive and nice speaker and have a reason for you to want it. Like, I mean, Apple had their HomePod speaker, kind of like the Sonos stuff, but like, who cares? Because all it can do is play music from apple music which was not even cd quality at the time so like i don't who cares about paying 300 and whatever dollars for for that speaker at that point And yeah. i watched
3: a video of a guy who was talking about uh this tech reviewer said that like he was kind of upset by the fact that they're coming out with lossless audio because he just bought the new airpods or whatever the cans and he was like now they're going to release some next level thing where these bluetooth headphones will have a proprietary thing that apple has come up with that can support bluetooth lossless audio and he's like i'm fucking pissed because i just paid 300 and some dollars for these headphones and uh, you know i want to hear the lossless audio but i can't yeah that
0: is a really weird um like timing for apple i mean that that does happen though where they release things at a time when like it made sense maybe if they waited that you know you think it's the same company they should know what's going on but that that's a thing that's happened before, and I wonder if that means we'll see a new version of those headphones or not. Personally, I feel like probably not, and I I don't know who those the market is for that those headphones at that point. If it's not for people who want this,
1: isn't there always going to be another version of the Apple stuff though? Aren't they always going? I mean, like I mean I,
0: sometimes they discontinue things. Historically, yeah, there's like fancy speakers it's like the iPod Hi-Fi, which I have like back behind me above me, but nobody can see this because it's an audio podcast was like (laughs) a hi-fi lossless, you know, speaker thing for iPods back in the day. And that didn't go anywhere. And they canceled it after about a year. And same kind of thing with the HomePod, which they stopped selling recently. Right. Okay. So they don't have a good track record with, um, like, keeping audio products going other than, you know, the core stuff like the iPod and AirPods.
1: I want to – that reminded me. I want to go back to uh, – Dave, you mentioned the Spotify hi-fi. Um, I think we need to figure out a way to to speak with the people like Spotify's marketing people because they need to name things differently uh that's a t- I hate that 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 sounds terrible and what's the, the the car thing is that what they call the other thing they just put out I mean they gotta they, they gotta work on I mean I, I don't have suggestions but they can Spotify just call it HiFi five Spotify so, yeah I, I like that more than spotify HiFi. fi <laughs> that just that just sounds like oh it sounds kind of similar to spotify and it's like relatable this no don't do that that's bad but i mean also
3: you know they have 300 million subscribers so they can name it whatever the fuck they want
1: which is which is very uh, apparent with the car thing that's very yeah. apparent with uh we, we couldn't figure out what to name this thing so it's the car thing or maybe it's just endearing i don't know uh Spotify, uh, work it, work on that. Work on that, okay. They just
3: they try to have two minute boardroom meetings. <laughs> two minutes, let's go. Hi fi.
2: All right. Two minute board meetings that if as long as you're there for the first thirty seconds it counts. That's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> so if I were to wrap up my thoughts on lossless audio and should you be a vinyl collector, should you be only listening to Wave or Flack? I would really say that it just use common sense. If you're listening to a Dua leap album, it's really cool. If you want to buy it on vinyl, but you're probably not going to get much more out of it. You will technically get more, but will you be able to tell? Probably not. Just use common sense because, like as I was saying, for example, for me, listen to Morning Phase, the most recent Radiohead record, A Moonshaped Pool, is one of the first albums that I put. I when I listened to it for the first time, I just sat down in bed, put on nice headphones and just listened to it. And then it came out on vinyl like months later and I listened to it and I was just like, Wow, this album is so warm, it's a different experience both ways, and it was amazing. And then I would also venture to say, against what, you know, some people have said about, you know, well, if it's strictly digital, whether it's like a, a metal band or whatever, I think there are albums like Aphex Twin or Porter Robinson's most recent album, Nurture, that I could only imagine that record sounds incredible in lossless audio, but if you're talking about an Animals as Leaders record, once again, you're probably not going to get much more out of that, but it's just a common sense thing, but in the end, that's just my opinion of it, and if you enjoy music this way, hey, it may be a placebo, but fuck, who cares?
3: Yeah, I would say don't stress about it. If you consider yourself a music listening fan, uh, even if you're not necess- a musician, don't stress about oh I need to get the better headphones. I got to get like the this new headphone amp to hear to prove to people that I'm a good listener. I'm a professional musician, quote unquote, and I remember buying like a fifty dollar pair of Skull Candy headphones and going these sound great. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't stress about it.
1: Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I, I've, I've been a bit of an asshole to audiophiles, I think, today, and I think that a lot of what I said is more just questions, but I mean, it, I have to, I want to echo what Jackson said. Listen to music how you want to listen to it. Make yourself, like, be happy with how you want to listen to it. That's, to, that's totally fine. Um, I think that if, if, if I could leave anyone with anything, um, it is, it's uh, challenge your music listening ability. Um, so even if you are just listening to stuff on streaming, just try to see what, like what levels of the song you can really hear, you know, um, like, can, can you, can you hear the kick drum? Can you hear the bass guitar? Can you hear everything that you want to hear? Um, if you can't, then, you know, that, that could be an indication of the song, you know, maybe, maybe, then, then vinyl is the answer. Maybe this lossless audio is going to be the best thing, you know, but just challenge your ears more because, uh, there's a lot out there for you to hear.
3: NPR has a great I don't know if it's still on their website but they had this great quiz where they would you know they had a Jay-Z song they had a a Katy Perry song a concert pianist recording and I think something from Morning Phase the Beck record where you could listen to it in different formats and it wouldn't tell you what it was and you had to guess which one was the lossless audio so Adam if I can find it I'll send you that link for the show notes people should our yeah. listeners should take the that that quiz and that'll help you decide really.
0: I was gonna say I just pulled that up because I remember that as well as a like pretty good, you know, audible like example of what, what we we've kind of been talking about.
3: Yeah.
2: I also want to add to what Hagan was saying with the challenging you're listening. Listen to lo fi masterpieces, stuff like Daniel Johnston or even uh, Elliot Smith's either or these are amazing song write, writing songs. Like, the songs are there. These are amazing songs, but they were recorded on, you know, crappy equipment for, you know, either a reason or just because they couldn't afford it. So even the Sufjan records we were listening to intentionally were recorded on really subpar stuff instead of getting a full-on orchestra um, in a really nice theater or something like that. So I would really... I would advocate to go listen to some of those lo-fi masterpieces to just tell yourself, hey, you can have it both ways. In the end, what matters is, is it a great song? Because, you yeah. know, in my opinion, a John Mayer song is overproduced, but I would still argue the songwriting is, like, way up there with the production as well. So that's what matters most to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it, I think that getting getting your ears more tuned to what you're listening to as if, if you are someone who just is an avid music listener. I mean, it's 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 just going to make your experience better, right? Listening to music and enjoying it and knowing a lot about music is a really great thing, but the more that you can listen f- to the song and just like pick up more and more things no matter what it is, right? No matter no matter if it if it if it's if it's a pop song or if it's a lo-fi song or if it's a metal song. This sounds like I'm just making ob- I mean, okay, mansplaining. Ugh, God, I guess I should stop.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you just, you don't need all this stuff to consider yourself a good listener.
2: Yeah, I think that's all we got. Uh, Thank you for listening to this uh, podcast in extremely compressed format. Are we listening to anything else?
3: (laughs) I'll go first. I've been listening to that, the Typhoons. I think Hagen, you talked about it. The, I always forget the name of the band, the Royal Blood Record. And I've also been listening to the new uh, St. Vincent record, Daddy's Home. They're they're both taking up all my time.
0: I've been listening to the same things as Dave. And <laughs> I'm glad that Hagen mentioned the Royal Blood album because it's great. Isn't yeah. it, though?
3: Sorry, Jackson.
1: <laughs> it's so oh, good. Oh, you
3: know what's funny? Uh, the, my favorite song on that record is Boilermaker, and Boilermaker was produced by Josh Hom. And last week, Jackson mentioned that, or when we talked about that record, you mentioned that um, it sounded like the Queens of the stone age record that Mark Ronson did.
2: I feel like I said this stuff in confidence and then it's being dragged (laughs) onto the podcast.
3: Oh, I thought you said it on the show. No, he said
1: it afterwards. We were just talking. Oops. Now it's on the record. (laughs) Now it's on the record. Uh, So uh, I, 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 I bandwagoned a little bit this week. Uh, I was late – I've been late to a, a Broadway party. The trailer for Dear Evan Hansen, the movie, came out, and I've listened to some of the songs beforehand, but um, I decided that I was going to uh, try to find a YouTube version and watch uh, the performance. And I couldn't find really much, but I found, I found like, this, 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 this great YouTube video. This person, um, if they didn't have, like, clips – um, from like a, just anyone putting it up on YouTube, then they would do like uh, drawings for the songs, which is super cool. Um, so I got to watch that. And uh, I just sat on my couch and cried for three hours. Um, I just didn't, so didn't stop. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because, and I, 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 I'll go off on this at another time, but the music is done by the same people who did the music for Greatest Showman. They also did the lyrics for La La Land um but they are they are incredibly talented but they also just i mean there's some songs on here if you if you know greater showman but you don't know this you're gonna hear it and go like oh yeah these are the same dudes but they just know a way to just like just pull on your fucking like your heartstrings you just make you cry no matter they just make it happen um but i have been obsessively listening to the songs from dear evan hansen um and i think i've mentioned him before because i listened to his solo album at one point but if you don't know who ben platt is uh, go listen to uh, his stuff from Dear Evan Hansen, go listen to his solo stuff, and go listen to like any anything he's done recording-wise because he is uh, one of the best singers around right now.
2: Yeah, I am going to have to pivot on what I was listening to because I've been listening to that a lot too because I that is definitely my right behind Hamilton is more, my second favorite modern musical. It's very good i was really lucky to see it when it was on tour and it was incredible and i saw it in like the end of 2019 so that's like one of the last live things i was able to see so it's definitely great there's been a lot of great memes on that too of uh i think it was like buzzfeed or tmz said dear evan hansen trailer is out now with a very 27 year old ben
1: platt Okay. Okay. I can talk <laughs> about this for a while. Ben Platt has baby face. He looks, he, he looks sad and young still. And even I, I watched, I watched the, the YouTube version of him. First of all, it was only like four, four, five years ago that he was on Broadway doing this. So it's not like he was even that much younger and he still looks too old to be playing Dear Evan Hansen. Even then, if we're going to count him being too old now, I don't think he looks too old. I think he looks fine. Oh,
3: even when he has a beard, he has a baby face. He
1: has a fucking baby face. That's got to be the shittiest thing ever.
3: You're you're like, I look like a child. Let me grow a beard. And then you grow a beard and it's like, is that glued on? <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing, man? I look like a child with a fake beard.
2: Yeah. Another good one is I saw YouTuber Sarah Zed. She put up a poll that said, uh, what do you think the gay representation is in... Uh, Dear Evan Hansen and it was like I think it's the sisters gay. I think Dear Evan Hansen's gay. And then the last poll option was I know the plot to Dear Evan Hansen, yeah. which is there are no gay people in it. It is the most gay thing you probably ever watch, but it has nothing to do with that. There's there's literally
1: <laughs> there's literally a, a, a gay joke. I'm not there's an I, I'm not gay joke in one of the songs. <laughs> it's hey, very it, I'm good. surprised I'm
3: surprised you didn't bring up the Sarah Bareilles live record.
1: Uh, I haven't. I mean, I am listening to it, but I I haven't listened to it straight through yet as it is two hours, but I'm sure I'll talk about that soon.
3: My bad.
2: So I I will say one thing I did listen to is uh, Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, and I'm forgetting the guy, the drummer's name. So I'm very sorry. Um, They did a, they've started a new band, The Smile, and they performed at Glastonbury Live Dave sent me a song, and I said, hey, have you listened to the whole performance? He said, there's a whole performance, and I had to send him a, a, the whole performance. It's a really cool post-punk outfit. It's very it's rough around the edges, which is really fun to see for these musicians. It's just a trio, and Nigel Godrick just tucked away in the corner. Just it's creeping just really back fun, there. The, yeah. the
3: drummer's name is, uh, I just looked it up, Tom Skinner from uh, Sons of K- K-E-M-E-T. So Kemet.
2: Yeah, something Kame? like
3: that. So, Probably. I don't know. But it yeah, it's thank you so much for sending me that video because my wife and I watched it and you know, she's hit or miss with Radiohead sometimes and she was like, This is this is incredible. It was very, yeah. very exciting.
2: It's super cool. Like the last three songs just like go crazy. You never see Johnny Greenwood like really flexing on his abilities and he just goes wild on the last three songs. One is like straight up like a punk song. It's just it's super fun to watch. So if you're a Radiohead fan, that's definitely out there for you. And also, Dear Evan Hansen.
3: In a weird way, that stuff—not to keep talking about the smile, but it's—it almost reminds me of like early Radiohead with that kind of energy and youth feeling in it. And Johnny Greenwood's playing bass. Tom York is playing bass.
1: It's really cool. To keep talking about Dear Evan Hansen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Dear uh, fans. <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, actually, though, I think that with Dear Evan Hansen, I think I'm most excited about the director also. The director is uh, is the same person that wrote and directed Perks of Being a Wallflower and Wonder. And uh, if you know Dear Evan Hansen, that doesn't make you cry, well, the director will. He'll find a way. Dude, I like
3: that you, you recommended that movie to my wife and I to watch uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. And it was the first time someone recommended a movie where I finished it, and I was, like, crying. And I was like, why did you recommend it? <laughs> Why, why? thinks i to be more emotional or something. It is
0: such a good movie, though. If people have it is, if yeah. If people yeah. have heard about it and haven't seen it, it's it's a
3: it's a great movie.
1: One of our friends was like, "That movie's sad," and I was like, "Oh, I, I'm gonna cry because you said that." What? What's wrong with you? Do you, <laughs> you what?
3: His experience of being high in that movie is me every time I try to get high. <laughs>
2: well, does anybody have anything else they want to add? I did watch the SNL performances from Lil Nas X, and uh, just little fun tidbit, since we didn't do news this week, he ripped his pants while he was about to do uh, some pole dancing, which I noticed, and then he confirmed later on TikTok, because he walks up to, they have a, a pole in the background when he's doing Montero, and I was like, he's about to do some moves, and he does like two moves, not anything crazy, and then he holds his, you know, Uh, genitalia for the rest of it and I was like I think he ripped his pants and he definitely did and then the second tidbit I have on that is apparently he had all these backup dancers apparently his original backup dancers one of them got COVID like the day before so all of those backup dancers were like scrapped like they were like you can't come on the show and all the ones that are on that SNL performance were like learned within that 24 hour period so holy shit! shout out to them yeah,
1: wow, damn. I
3: wonder if they were at a party at Little Nas X's house. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, see y'all next week. <laughs> no,
1: you got to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: no, I it's think like, that's it. Like, is you know, that the ending? End
1: oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you haven't already, press that follow, subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you like social media, uh, you can follow us at DFTA Podcast. Jackson is the meme lord. And you can find some very good memes made by by our boy Jackson here. Um, So, again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. And uh, uh, fuck off. Give me a towel.